0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Menopause Cafe in Conversation with a series of podcasts. And today I'm delighted to be joined all the way from Perth, Australia by Kath Mozella. And Kath is a multi award winning campaigner and gynecological cancer survivor. Together with her husband Tony, Kath campaigns to raise awareness of gynecological, sexual and related mental health challenges. In 2009, Kath was awarded an Order of Australia Medal for her service to the community, specifically for raising the profile of gynecological health. What can I say, Kath? I mean, at, at the risk of sounding really annoying, g'day.
1: G'day, back to you.
0: <laughs> how are you? I'm
1: uh, very good, thank you. Yes, plodding along.
0: And I said that that uh, you're joining us from, from Perth, Western Australia.
1: Um, how is the...
0: How is the landscape over there as regards um, women's health, gynecological health, um, what's the narrative surrounding those subjects?
1: Well, I've been lobbying for 25 years now and knocking on doors as a near health consumer. And there's still a lot of resistance around even, you know, may I say, from the medical establishment. But having said that, on the other hand, over that 25 years, I haven't taken no for an answer. So I have been able to influence some people and some organisations. And I've been given 10 awards and I get, you know, a pat on the back for what I do, but it's like, yes, but we need to have some action with all the awards. But I find a lot of the resistance also comes from women because of the way we've been socially programmed for hundreds of thousands of years, that good women don't talk about these things. And yet when a woman does, I just feel, from a United Nations level, we that has to be addressed. But unless we have a groundswell to take to the United Nations, women to change this mindset, well, then it's just going to be perhaps you and perhaps me and a few others saying, "Hey, you know, let's try and change the world." So, um, so that's basically what I do. And um, but I'm really excited to say that um, for the Ghani Awareness Day this year our health minister in Western Australia is going to be they're having a grievance of seven minutes each with the health minister and with the, my local MLA. And, um, and so they're going to be talking in parliament house and I'm just going to stand there loud and proud to sort of think 25 years has been worth it.
0: Wow. And what, what date is, is uh, international gynecological awareness day for those who, who've not heard of it or doesn't, hasn't okay. hit their radar screen yet.
1: It happens to be on my birthday, which is the 10th of September. But let me tell you how that came about. I'll tell you a bit of my story and then we'll lead into that. Uh, When I was 39, I had an abnormal pap smear and I popped off and had my cervix laser. And I remember going into the room and the odour in the room. And this man with a big thick beard, he lasered my cervix and then I had to get on about my business. And I thought, why do they do that? Why do they have on the back of toilet doors that women have to have these, perhaps men, but the men don't have these behind their, door, their doors? So I just didn't question it. I just thought, why, why, why? Then um, about 18 months later, I found a lump in uh, next to my clitoris and I went to two GPs and two gynecologists and they said, oh, it's common, don't worry about it. And I felt so embarrassed even having to ask about it. But then my mother and two sisters have had breast cancer and mum said to me, Kath, it's not normal to have lumps anywhere in your body. And I thought, well, what would you know, mum? Opposed to all these experts, they know exactly what's going on. But it played in my mind because it was hurting me while I was having sex. So I was put into hospital, had it removed and I came home and um, I was telephoned at home when I was by myself and said it was actually cancer. And I was, I remember that moment oh so well to sort of think, how could you do that to me? I trusted you. But the thing is, I left my knowledge to those experts. And, you know, I was a busy working mother. I haven't got time to learn about those things. But little did I know that my whole life was in their hands. And I, if anything out of today, we must take on the knowledge to, uh, so that we can empower ourselves when we communicate with our doctors that you know, I feel like this and I've learned about this. What do you think? And we all work together. And that's what the Ghani Awareness Day is about. It's all working together, professionals and the women in, and the men in the community. So so I went to see a gynaecologist, oncologist, which is a Garni cancer expert. I didn't even know such a person existed. And he showed me how he was to remove my clitoris, vulva and lymph glands. And my husband was just you know, we're just blown away to sort of think, yeah, right, as if that's gonna happen. But it, I had three teenage children and um was I prepared to die. Well no I wasn't, but I had no idea what lay before me when it came to come to women's organisations and how women deal with these things and how there's a, there's this protectiveness that, you know, women need to be protected with the knowledge. And, and you know, I would go to some very powerful Burn the Brow Women organisation. walk the streets with the placards and it's like, you know, we're here for women, but don't say gynecology and don't say vulva. It's like, but why, you know? How can we pretend we're so powerful and yet we can't say these words? So I uh, coincidentally found another lady because everybody went on about their business and I found another woman who had the same operation and the guy he wasn't really keen on us connecting because, and I said, why? And he said, because it could be depressing. And I thought, but the breast cancer women could can all come together. And I, so all I wanted was somebody else. And when I met that lady, she lifted her dress and I lifted mine. And it was at that point I realised that I need to be here today. I need to be here 25 years later because you cannot just remove women's genitalia and then pretend it doesn't happen and, you know, keep the taboo going, keep the silence and the stigma going. Well, I will not accept that. So I found another woman and so I thought there must be others out there. So I put an ad in the woman's day and all these ladies wrote me these horrible, horrific stories, but I took it to some of the health centers and it's like, you know, only experts can talk about these things. And I thought, well, why aren't we talking about it? Why can't we open the doors up? And it's like, well, that's just the way it is, Kath. And, um, and I was very naive in those days as well. So I ended up putting, getting a support group together and, and, um, and we, I thought, well, you know, we can play happy families in this little support group. But we've got to get further than that because otherwise we end up being the same as the rest. We, uh-huh. So I rang a Senator Amanda Vanstone in Canberra and I said, this is all happening. What can we do about it? So she said, we'll have a national day. I said, but how do I do that? She said, will you just declare it? So I now have declared an international gynecological awareness day and I'm in the process of waiting for others to catch up. And even the fact that you and I are talking here, it's like us is catching up to the Gynae awareness mm. day. We're opening up. But I have to tell you that after my, after my diagnosis, I discovered my daughter had polycystic ovaries and endometriosis. Right. I discovered millions upon millions upon millions of women have these conditions and it's like, we don't talk about it why don't we talk about it you know i just can't get my head around how we you know we're very powerful strong women but we're still reserved about granny health so i discovered the word pudendum in the dictionary and the latin version of that word said female genitalia one who should and ought to be ashamed the shameful part of a woman And that was my aha moment because I thought that's why we're like we are from thousands of years ago. And somebody like me standing up and say, Hey, let's change the system. But I remember I was given a a brochure about vulva cancer and it said less common women's cancers. And you open it up and there's the ovary cervix, uterus, vagina, cut off, no vulva. And I used to say to some of the centers, where's the vulva? It's like, well, we don't put a vulva on there, Cap. And I thought, but why? If you would explain to me why there's no vulva in there. But I ended up sneaking into a sexual health conference and had all these things about the effects of sexual health. And so I spoke to a lady from over east, and I said about the lady's letters, she said, oh, well, I'll come and have a talk with her group in Sydney in a cancer center well from that they ended up putting a vulva diagram on their fly which i can send you and i look at that and i stand loud and proud and i think well viva la vulva <laughs> I, <laughs> um, that should I be your that thinking. should
0: be your motto <laughs>
1: <laughs> well now it's somebody else's so Is but in the, meantime, in the meantime i had six weeks radiation and that put me into menopause straight away And, you know, I had the hot and cold flushes. Plus, I had to deal with having my vulva removed. Plus, I had to worry about my sex life. Plus, I had to worry about my teenage children that, you know, were going through the process. And it was just a mess, you know. (laughs) Um, I actually left my husband for a couple of, well, for about three weeks because I couldn't get my head together how this happened, why this happened. I realised that our HPV and, you know, it was a sexually transmitted infection But this is, I'd have to say, this is my second husband that I'm with now. And he's my rock. And if I didn't have him to support and do what I do, I would have left this 10 years ago. So, you know, if I've got 10 awards, he deserves to get an award as well. So gynecological health is not just about women. You know, there's men and fathers and, I remember a girl told me last week, she's an Indian girl, and she said that she had really bad endometriosis and, and agony. And she said, my dad laid with me, and she said he held me tight. And, and I thought, well, you know, the same happened with Tony, my husband. He had five bypasses two years after my operation because he had to pick up the pieces. What the hell just happened? But there's still all this secrecy. I just I just couldn't get my head around why we have to put up with this stuff. And it was very much a male orientated business and I thought, well, we need more of a female focus in it. So I, so I set out to try and change, change from this to this, you know, just sort of as being, instead of being like this, we sort of be proud of ourselves. But I'll just check with you at this point if you wanted to talk more about the menopause side of things.
0: I'm happy to do whatever you want to take it, Cass. I, I think, I mean, it, I would have picked up there. It, it's really interesting um, you saying that, that your husband Tony is so involved um, mm. because it's really important for us that uh, at Menopause Cafe events, we, we get men to come along as well. Mm. Because, as you yeah. know, one of our principles is that they're open to um, any any age, any gender. Um,
1: Wonder- a man's talking about these issues that you know it, it seems to be different when a woman talks about it than when a man because we look at the men as you know heroes or whatever but speaking of such i would like to try and find even a male footballer um who who is about to retire and looking for something to do because i have a feeling that a man if a man might pick up on this and you know i would love to have a woman pick up on it but if we have to get a man to be at the helm and introduce the men into the equation, well then so be it. So anyhow, I thought, well, how are we supposed to get the message out there? So I thought, I thought, well, so I've devised this, this here is the uterus. Can you see how that I can indeed. Yep. You can. I thought you could. And then down here we have some glittery bits down there and that's the cervix. So when I talk to the ladies, I speak on the same level, you know, like, you know, these bits is, and a bit of fun because people say, oh, you can't put fun into gynecology. And I thought, well, who said you can't? So then I thought, well, what can we have for a vagina? So here we have the vagina where the penis penetrates, right? And then I have, this is the vulva. It's a fruit bowl that's shaped like a vulva and somewhere in there we have, I don't know whether you can see
0: it, you can see the clitoris in there. My Elaine Miller would be absolutely proud of you.
1: She knows all, she knows all about my And I think we're on the same level, but she comes from the professional side of things, and then I come from the health consumer side of things. And again, that's what I want the professionals standing alongside uh, each other. I remember there was a sexual health uh, professional uh, speaking on stage about bulb health and bulb cancer and diagrams and everything else, and I'm standing at the back of the room, and I thought, what I wouldn't do to balance that out, that me, this is the story and this is how we're going to fix it, you know. And and that's how it's going to be in the future. But it's getting through the powers that be to understand that, you know, we all need to be walking together. Anyhow, so here I've devised these are the ovaries. Can you tell that? they're the ovaries, and they go in the vase with the with the uterus and then I thought mm, what's next so here we have with well, this is what I call it's actually that it's I call it a glitterous but in actual fact it's the clitoris so I have to get my terminology right and um and then I have can't find it here but we had it at last meeting and um uh, it's a it's a just a, a paperweight but it's got all this tzzz, and i call that the orgasm so sometimes we have fashion parades with our body parts and, and i just leave it up to the leaders to think whether they can do this and we've got lovely sashes there. and here's miss vagina and here's miss vulva and you know some women might sort of think well that's very distasteful but you know somehow or other we have got to get through Anyhow, a, a mayor, a female mayor of a country town, she made me up this teapot.
0: Wonderful, wonderful.
1: Teapot? I know. <laughs> so I put that on as part of my display as well. So and then I thought, but we need the knowledge, and I know there are sexual health professional organisations that go and you know go out, but I I still can't get my head around why they still call a vulva a vagina. I've performed twice at the vagina monologues. I've seen all these vagina (coughs) pictures and even some professionals still call it the outer genitalia. I think just call it a vulva, you know, and other people say, oh, no, it's too scary. It's too frightening. And I call it a foo-foo and whatever else. But you wouldn't go to your doctor and say, I've got a sore foo-foo, would you? So if you can just go to the doctor notes, but you can call it whatever you like. But when you go to a medical profession, and if you say, I've got a sore in my vagina, does the doctor look inside your body, your genitalia, or does the doctor look outside, you know? And so unless we get that right, and we certainly don't call a penis as testicles, do we? No, no. So, so why do we call a vulva a vagina? And I think it all comes back to the pudendum hundreds of years ago. Anyhow, so I've devised this simple paper tool, which I'd love to share with you. And it's, remember we used to, oh, it's a chatterbox. Remember we had them at school?
0: I do, yeah.
1: Like that. And it's just got, you know, vagina bulbs on the outside. And then inside it's got, say, like thrush. And then it just one word, one sentence, speak the language of the women in the community. So it says, just says a vaginal infection, symptoms, vaginal itching or burning or discharge. That's all we want to know. You know, so if my daughter has one of those things, I think, oh, you might have that. Let's go and ask the doctor, you know, with confidence. Anyhow, then you open it up and there's all the, all the bits, including the vulva. Um, I've got a woman's health hero in Boston in America because um, I noticed in their, uh, in a lot of their work, the word vulva wasn't in their vocabulary in their book and they were doing things on the vagin- um, vaginismus. And so I, because I've asked to have that word in their booklet, I now have a woman's health hero in Boston in America. And um, when we're in my not-for-profit, I'm not on it anymore, but it's 20 years old this year, they're celebrating. We sent a petition off to the government and I went over to Canberra and sat in Parliament House and they said oh, reserve cervix, uterus and vagina and I thought, I haven't come all this way not to say the we vulva. So I said we were having a vulva awareness day back in Perth and one of the senators said, excuse me, Ms Mazzella, how do you profess to advertise such a day? I said, well, i just won the ZONTA Award, which is an international women's organisation in Perth. Uh, I I was at the National Council of Women, and it's being held at the Catholic Hospital St John of God. And it's like, whoa. But I remember a gynaecologist spoke to me in the car park, and he said, He said, can't you call it a Female Genital Awareness Day? You know, he was just saying, please don't use the word vulva. And so, but you've got to understand why he is like that because of the social programming and understand why he's protecting women, which we don't need protecting. So we need to go back to where we came from and start all over again. And I'm pleased in 2008, I went with Jeanette Preston from Cornwall who is a nurse, a Garney cancer survivor, and a Methodist preacher? And we went to the Royal College in London and said, you know, let's have an international day. But somehow or other, it worked out to be too hard and it didn't work. So I came back to Perth. And um, so, in my son lives in London. So in 2018, I won the West Australian Senior Australian of the Year. And so, when I went to visit my son in London, um. A friend of mine she um she was in in london and she said oh kath why don't you bring the quilt from it was the wa quilters made it why don't you bring it into bbc tv and i thought as you know as if bbc tv is going to be interested in my quilt and the gyne issues so um So a week later they said, I'll come on in and speak on the Women's Hour, which I was just totally blown away and they invited the Eve appeal. So here I am sitting there, (laughs) you know, and I think, oh, my God, this is, I'm on this journey and I don't know what the rules are, you know, so to, to have that experience, it just blew my mind. But then I came back to Perth and it's not as, it's not as, um, I don't know. It's not as out there as much as I would like it. And I think it is because I've been in your face a little bit over the years and it's like, oh, there's Catherine Seller again. I feel like I've been a bit of a, a bother to some people. But when you go in fresh to say that the women's out, um, I just felt very proud of that. Anyhow, long story short, I'm getting there. So I thought, well, what else can we do to sort of have a bit of fun in this? So I've devised these, um, we do workshops with these undies. And um, I know that Pelvic Raw in London they celebrated the Gani Day last year, and um, and Myra has been really helpful because it's not easy to find people, professional people, willing to stick their necks out for all they've studied and learned for somebody like me who might I might say the wrong or do the wrong thing, and you know so so she stuck a neck out so that's good. Anyhow, um. And I'm on to say that when we went back to the Royal College in London in 2018 with Jeanette, we met with um, Professor Leslie, Leslie Reagan and um, she's the second female president ever and I thought, wow, it's fantastic. So I was, from that I was invited to go on the women's involvement panel at the Royal College. So I sit on the coattails there learning what's going on and how we go about all these. You know, just being a voice, and what about this, and what about that. So, um, but I still come back to Perth and still paddling away here. But then I thought, well, I do workshops with these undies, so we sit around and we decorate and we make conversations. And but see, I find when a lot of professional people go to educate society, they just, they they present it through a book. And, you know, through the heart is the way that it's going to come, you know, this day and age to having the two together. So so we sit around and we decorate all these undies and have a lot of fun with it because women love the visual things. And then, you know, we have this underneath there so it's not in your face. But my cousin took a pair of these undies to her corporate place and she proudly asked if she could put it in the ladies' toilets. But after a few days, the, the women in there said it's too confronting for them.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's I interesting. know it's
1: interesting and I sort of think, you know, but this is how we've, we've got to try and change that mindset. So here's just another sample. We've got, I've got the leggy tight ones just to sort of have a bit of fun. I mean, we took, um, we
0: took part um, last year with your undies um, for understanding. We had, uh, because our, our phoenix is is Phoebe, we had her on the front of a pair of purple glitter
1: oh, ants. Oh, wow. Um, fantastic and
0: that's what we need isn't it exactly i think it has to be fun actually and, and that's yes. why you know i mean um the menopause festival we have cabaret there because yeah. you know menopause yes it can be extremely challenging but i think yeah. it can also be um i not say a source of fun because otherwise it, it, it's almost as if we're, we're poking fun at it but i think that yeah. there has that we can see the humor in it because it can sometimes be so ridiculous i think if you don't laugh you would cry, That's wouldn't true. you? And I think um, just bringing some fun and creativity to these difficult subjects, I think it yes. just gets them. It gets them out in the open. It gets these words that are really difficult for some people yes. to speak. It allows us to speak them.
1: Yeah, and it gets the women involved. It's like, you know, the, the mayor of, of Kalgoor is. She knitted this up to show her. The WA quilters made this. And, and you know, it is getting women to, to do the fashion parades. And, and it's just getting stuff for them to plant in their brain that it's okay now. Um, so I wanted to show you, I, I did my book up called The Not-So-Secret Women's Business. And it's just, you know, just it's just a basic type book. and uh, explaining. But at the back... There, I must send you a copy of this it's called the dynamite song
0: right oh gosh we, we, we do like a song that, that, that sort of weaves in various
1: um, hot well, topics you, you might have to make up your own music if you want to use this because it's only just a chant type thing but I shall read it to you all right? so we get the undies where are my undies and we just do a bit of a you know, it's like ladies to the left ladies to the right don't forget your dynamite now is the chance to discuss what's in your pants. Sharing is healing. Tell us what you're feeling. We care a lot, so spread the cheer to look after what's down here. We are here, so raise a cheer, so don't forget your pap smear. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. <laughs> so if you want to use any of this stuff, help yourself for this year. But i <clears throat> I just finished. I haven't launched this book yet. It's called If Only I Knew. And it's like, if only I knew more, then I could, I could have shared my knowledge with somebody else and I could have looked after my daughter who had polycystic ovaries and endometriosis and I just used to think was a bad period. But I'll just show you this, this book here. It's just, uh, be the change you want to see. Uh, the sisterhood is mobilizing, uh, emotional roller coaster ride. I don't know whether you can see that. Um, I was so ignorant. Um, There's your girly bits. So it's got, I have a vulva. Um, What about your partner? He feels helpless too. If it's not on, it's not on. No shame, no blame. Abnormal pap smears. Um, Communicating with your doctor. um, Girly bits by their real names. And um, talking about, yeah, so um, it's, but it all sits here. It's, I've got all of this here. And... um, uh, but, but let me tell you. I, I told you that the um, the minister is speaking at uh, Parliament House. Yeah, I did.
0: On on IGAD, yep, on um, yeah. Thursday the tenth.
1: Yes. yes. So um, King Edward Hospital, our women's hospital, have celebrated the Gani Day for seven years. But it's basically for doctors and nurses, and because my heart lies in the community. But Graham Broadley, who is an associate professor there. He isn't he's not just an ordinary businessman, he's actually an ex midwife. So he has the mindset of what women go through and babies and things like that. But I'm challenged to try and get more of a gynecological attention in women's hospitals because a lot of it's about mothers and babies, and I don't detract from that. Because I see a division between reproductive health and gynecological health. And it shouldn't and be. Oh, well, I don't think so. And it's like if we're talking about the vulva, let's say the vulva, if we're talking about the vulva and the vagina, well, then we have vulva and, you know, you talk have the two words together. It's like if you're talking about reproductive health and having babies, talk about having babies. If you're talking about women's conditions, we'll call that gynecology. But if you want to bring the two together, have reproductive health dash gynecological health you know, so that we know we're talking about the same thing. So, um, yes, well, that's
0: just about me, I think. Or even just, I mean, sometimes when we're talking about menopause cafes, we, we, we come up with the term um, menstrual health, and it's, it's almost, yeah. it's about looking at the entire menstrual lifespan, isn't it, as a journey, um, yeah. whether it's, it's, I mean, there's a great period positivity movement at the moment with the younger generation. Um, yeah. and, you know, and we have quite rightly the emphasis on on childbirth, but mm. at, at either end of the spectrum, there is just you know this huge void um, mm. where matters are not being spoken about. Uh, mm. I mean, hopefully on um, on IGAD, um I mean, we're you and I we're, we're hosting a um, a Perth to Perth twinning, aren't we Menopause yeah. Cafe? Um, yeah. Hopefully, we can get you know um, young old men and women to come along to that. Um, to try and get some of these, these topics of conversation spoken about.
1: Hmm. But you know, when it comes to menopause, um, when uh, when I was going through my abnormal pap smears, because you see, why is it some women have abnormal pap smears and other women don't? Um, but at that time, my father died in 1988, and my mother then had breast cancer, and I think my sister had breast cancer. So I was a busy working mother with three teenage kids trying to look after my father, and my mother, my father died, blah, blah, blah. So what happens to your cells? I think we need to work on what happens to your cells when you're stressed out. And quite often when you're going through the menopause bit, usually your family are, are moving on or the emptiness syndrome or whatever, but I find more and more younger women are going through menopause early, but, but that women are under the stress and you sort of think, well, don't stress, but, the problem is, it's really hard to deal with that stress,
0: isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think this is where self-care comes in, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. and I know it's sort of it's slightly cliched at 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 the moment, and you know we hear a lot about self-care, but um, I mean, my theory with menopause is that it's it's Mother Nature's way of giving us a wake-up call. Well,
1: yeah.
0: Um, you know, to 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 stop trying to be Wonder Woman, perhaps. And you know, we're so busy um, looking after perhaps our partners, other family work, um, we're not thinking about ourselves. Yet now women will live a huge percentage of their life after menopause. So it's really important that we're looking after ourselves so that we can we can enjoy and and flourish in our postmenopausal years.
1: I mean let's talk about the workplace and menopause. You see a lot of women have perhaps, you know, tossed aside because, I mean, not because they say, oh, because you've got menopause, you get tossed aside. But while you're going through this, you know, this sweating and the lack of concentration and everything else, trying to sort it all out, and then you've got your family issues and things like that, it's really hard to go to work and concentrate on all of that. But men don't have to experience that, do they? And what I think we feel, I think the corporates need to understand the process of a woman's life through menopause, you know, what's happening with them and how can you support those women?
0: And again, that's where awareness comes in, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Because if they and have if... absolutely
0: you no know, knowledge about what a woman's going through, then they, they can't make reasonable adjustments. You know that they, they, um, they can't help us.
1: Yeah. But this is where it comes back to the stories. If we hear a story of a woman who's got menopause, well, then another woman will talk about it and another woman will talk about it. It's like me with the vulva cancer yeah've i seen women come and go with these vulva cancer bit, and there's a thing called lichen sclerosis. Have you heard of that
0: I have and it's I, I can never say it properly, um so I avoid the word but um yes
1: yeah well i I don't quote me here, but I saw somewhere where it's one in eighty women i mean my cancer is one in a hundred thousand, so you know it is extremely rare. But if it's one in 80, that's a hell of a lot of women that have got these irritations and problems. And the doctor say, Do you know, have this cream, have that cream. We can't point the finger back at the doctor because that's all the doctor knows. And that's all the doctor has told about. Where is the research that's being done for these women with these conditions? But because we don't talk about it. It just doesn't make sense that so much goes into breast cancer and yet the other the other part just doesn't exist but again it has to come back to us as women and the united nations women's groups to jump on board with this so i just spoke in kuala lumpur and um to a thousand women there and uh for the seroptimus last year and i thought how oh, am not going to say bold in front of all those women or whatever but the president said to me kath i want you to talk about it and it made me feel really good because for a long time there, it's like, go away, Kath. We're not talking about that. It's revolting, disgusting or whatever. So I spoke. But I noticed somewhere that, um, you know, we have all these, when we talk about the vulva, it's all sort of hidden. It's still very taboo when we put our hands over that bit and cover it up. Not that I want to expose it to the world, but, um but, um I just and a lot of people say. To, I noticed there's a cream out that it says, um, you know, your uh, your vagina and external genitalia. Well, I wrote to those people and I said, why can't you just say the vulva? Why do you have to call it external genitalia? And they would come back and say, well, it's an ethnic thing. But I've spoken with those ethnic women up there. I've just spoken to the multicultural women here, and they're all sitting there and they know nothing. And I just sort of think, well. These people are being paid and they've educated and yet, but they, probably the educators are too afraid to be too open. Well, you see, I'm a free agent. I can say what I like and nobody's saying, no, you can't do that. I mean, they used to say it and I played the good girl role, but I don't, but the world is changing now. The fact that you and I are talking and that, you know, all these other organisations are saying, you know, it's time to get out there. Um, I just, I, I want you to know still damn hard work as this momentum is building. It's still, um, it's still hard work, but I love it. It's my reason to get up in the morning, you know, and just like you do the Menopause cafe thing. But um, so I want to ask you, what do you not know about me? you know, because you've spoken to me now and I've told you the story in the blue, tell me what your thoughts are about what I'm doing.
0: I think I think you're blazing a trail. Um, I think it's fantastic, um, and I think the world needs more cathmazellas. Um because well, yes,
1: and then that's what we have to find. But I have found a young Indian girl. She's studying sexology, and she's got a degree in degree in civil engineering or something. And she she's just blown away with. <laughs> With what I do and I think a lot of people do get blown away but it's getting them to take the action that I need you know I don't want to waste my voice in just sort of think gee that's an interesting story thanks very much Kath I need the action and fact even when you say I get there I sit here and I go Phew. you know I'm so excited that you because we have to show the powers that be, that there is a force behind. There's a force coming and it has to be. We have to wipe slate clean and start all over again. Um, but, you know, some people don't like doing that. But, I think, I think know, it,
0: it, it's little by little, isn't it? I mean, I think it it's, it's, as you say, I mean, the momentum is there. Um, and certainly, yes. I mean, there's a, there's an incredible um, menopause advocate and campaigner in, in England, Diane Danseybrook, And oh, yes. um, her campaign. Um, menopause matters campaign i think she has over 120,000 signatures um mm. and now menopause is, is on the curriculum um mm. in schools in england so yes. i think it's it's just it's a matter of keep chipping away isn't it it's it's having these awkward conversations it's having mm. the conversations about topics nobody wants to talk about
1: and right. uh, i think and it's just
0: not going away
1: that's why i see i get as a way for menopause to have a word, you know, have a say, for the endometriosis to say, hey, you know what? Because endometriosis has their day in March or whatever. You probably have yours as well. But you don't have to have one day a year where these things happen. You know, so if we get the gyne day and put everything under that umbrella and we all celebrate together, then we become a force. And I was hoping that the Royal College in London would be that force um but you know i think there's still a a way to go with that but the thing is each year gets bigger and bigger and bigger and and until yeah when the college i mean even the royal college here in australia and new zealand they gave me three links for last year but there wasn't there wasn't any action they just send me a link and say yeah this is what it's about but what I want is the students to have a day the students to come together and and do something but I I went to the University of Western Australia last year and um, they had a sex day and I had my little gynae sign there but most young people are not really interested in gynecological health unless you're affected by it And so they're all about sex and, you know, having a good time and everything else. And there's this old lady standing in the corner with gynaecology. But I'm pleased to say they've approached me this year for the gynae day. And they said, oh, you know, can you find a professional person that will come on board and share the knowledge? Well, I could flick my finger and I was able to get this um, professor of physician of sexual health, Jenny McCloskey, And she's always supported me from the beginning. And so she said, yes, so we're going to do a Zoom session with the University of Western Australia and this this doctor that has supported me a long time ago. And I feel like I'm putting one piece together, one piece together. But I have to say I am exhausted. You know, I, I love what I do and even with the dining day coming up uh, and I've organised for the Perth Bell Tower to be lit up so they're going to light that up on the night and I'm hoping I'll get people in, stand there with the undies and say, yeah, happy dining day. But, you know, it's... Um, and I've got a few other interviews and stuff to go but I have to be careful of my own health, you know. I was going to say, but what are you I... doing
0: to look after yourself because that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's... Uh, having a cause can be... Um... an an all-consuming pursuit
1: but I don't have a team as such because I'm not I'm not very good in conforming you know say, well these are the rules this is the constitution you can't do this you can't say that I've learned that I can't deal with that sort of thing but it comes at a cost but if I know that you are going to be doing something on, on the IGAD I, and I know that the Royal College is acknowledging it and I know that the Ramscog and I know the university is. And then if you can get I, oh, the physiotherapist um, pelvic raw and there's a couple of physios here but I can't get the Australian physios on board yet because they're not quite ready. But if I show that the groundswell is really happening, well then, um, you know, I'm almost there and I'll live happily ever after.
0: It's happening. It's happening. There'll be a tsunami at one point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been
0: an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for, for joining me um, all the way from, from Perth, Western Australia. And um, I can't wait for, for our Menopause Cafe, which, uh, just to remind everyone, is on Thursday, the 10th of September. We're in the UK, it's 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., And in Perth, Western Australia, it's 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. And absolutely everybody is welcome to come along. And Kath, just before I finally wrap up, would you like to tell people exactly where they can find you, your your website or how they can get hold of you on social media?
1: Well, I am on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. uh, And my website is KathMazella.com. That's K-A-T-H-M-A-Z-Z-E-L-L-A dot com. Wonderful.
0: Okay. I look forward to the 10th of September. Thank yes, you so, so much.
1: much. Bring it on. Okay. Thank you.